Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching Be Quiet, Scooby-Doo. Here is something that I can wholeheartedly approve of. This title convention? The like B blank Scooby-Doo? That's very fun. I can I can totally see multiple episodes with multiple verbs or adjectives, which is more correctly what they are, being put in place here. Wow, that's as boring as the opening to this episode is. You I Visually, it's not boring. Visually, there's a lot of colorful crystals, Amelia. That's something to get excited about. Yeah, because you've always known me to be a lover of crystals. My crystal-flipping philosophy. <laughs> you, yeah, you're not a crystal person. On the spectrum, I think you're not even really a cool rock person too no, much. Oh my, why would I care about a rock? Yeah, I'm more of a cool rock person. Like, if I find one that's smooth, that's pretty neat. I spend a lot of time staring upwards, so I don't care about rocks. Right, so if I brought you home a bit of cloud, that, that would be more to your liking. Have you just put... It's a wet bag! You've just vaped into a bottle I... and you're trying to convince me it's a cloud! Have my used vape air, Amelia! It's a piece of cloud! You know, no, I mean, hey, look at who I am. I don't think I vape. I think I'd be much more likely to try and pass off some cotton candy. And that that is just a treat that anybody can enjoy. So, yeah. So, yeah. Boring here This today. episode. Billy with his adjectives and this cold opening with the scientists and the crystals. Yeah, uh, this episode takes place at the Crystal Canopy Tours underground cave system. A canopy is something overhead. Why am I going underground to see a canopy? I think... You couldn't think of one other word? Crystal canopy is evocative, though. You're, you're in the cave, and, and when you look up at the canopy above, there are the crystals. They should have called it Crystal Cove and hearkened back to something I liked, and then maybe I would have given it the benefit of the doubt. Would you, though, or would it beg too many similarities? Chances are I probably wouldn't have even been paying attention and you would have been the one to notice it and you would have slapped my knee and been like, Look, Amelia, Crystal Cove! 
Okay, honestly, at first glance, this is my at first glance, that there are a lot of beautiful, vulnerable crystals here. And my at first glance specifically says, it seems insane that there would be tours in this cavern. And that is just further proven throughout. Because these scientists are making the smallest noise, and you're seeing those crystals are resonating. There is a danger here. Scientists would not let people in. Okay. Scientists don't have the run of the world, Billy. You're being very optimistic that this isn't in the pockets of, like, Elon Musk or some shit. Well, it's, I mean, that's kind of conflict that we actually end up seeing. <laughs> not, not of an Elon Musk level, but of a landowner. Crystals are so hard. Why are they breaking if people whisper next to them? Because of the resonance... I think crystals vary. I think you do have very hard crystals, but you do also probably have crystals that shatter very easily. Well, then they were doomed from the start. They were. God hates those soft crystals, wants them to shatter. You heard it here first, listeners. This, this is the mystery gang opening up a portion of the earth that God scorns. <laughs> God hates crystals. Oh my God. <laughs> Here's the actual premise. Of all the things he created. Childhood bone cancer. AIDS. Misogyny. Crystals are what God hates the most. Now, would he have created those? Like, those things, it's... And you know what? Crystals as well seem like something that just sort of forms on the creation. Like, like how, you know, you get the mineral drip, and that causes the crystals. He's like, ah, fuck, I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's one of those other things. I like, hearken back to the Eddie Izzard joke where in seven days, God has to make everything. And on the eighth day, you notice how rushed he was on the yeah. seventh day. And you, you have to take him. Oh, well, this Zimbabwe doesn't work very well. What was your plan with this, God? Okay, so crystals, one of the many things that slipped through God's cracks. <laughs> Here's the premise. <laughs> Velma wants to study the wonders of the crystal canopy, but must remain quiet to prevent the crystals from falling. She gets so enthralled by them, she takes on the role of the crystal crawler. But that's not what happens. Like, that's not the premise of the episode. That's not a back-of-book description. That is plotline B. And that very much specifically makes it seem like this is something that Velma is going to alone. Like, what's the rest of the gang doing? If I were to rewrite this, I mean, it's not even that they want to study them. It's that the gang end up embroiled in a mystery in the crystal canopy. And giving it right away that Velma loses her fucking fruit loops yeah, that's a, that's when she a gets point. down there. This would be like if in Where's My Mummy, the premise was like, <laughs> and Velma becomes the ancient queen Cleopatra to protect Cleopatra's treasures. Exactly. We have given it away. Yeah, you're, you're 12 minutes into this episode, and you're like, oh, this is that thing that they, they told me about in the premise. Bruce Willis is a therapist to a young boy who's dead the whole time. No, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time, not the boy. Oh, you're right! Oh, <laughs> I was really misleading then! <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass! Oh, it's been a few years. They're all dead now. Uh, <laughs> who do you want to start with today? I want to start with the general feeling that this is a cave full of crystals that are broken by any noise. Yes. So they cannot speak. Speaking 
particularly seems to set it off. Mm -hmm. But the episode as a whole totally cops out. And it's not a silent episode. You have their inner thoughts. They're still constantly talking. I still constantly have to hear Daphne's bullshit. Fred's bullshit. Velma's bullshit. The only one not talking in their own fucking head is the dog. <laughs> like, Yeah, the voice actors are fully employed. I wrote this down because it seemed like a very high concept premise. The Scooby gang have to solve a mystery in a location where they can't talk. Could have been body-based comedy. Like, get a fucking silent movie Charlie Chaplin mm -hmm. shit happening up in here. Or, like, we talked, there is a specific episode of BoJack Horseman, which is entirely silent. And it's almost like a small art film. Yeah, that's not going for, like, children's comedy, but there's yeah. a way to dumb it down for children. And I think that would be really, really interesting... Instead, we got them mostly talking in their heads. At the very least, that does separate the gang, because they're not able to communicate well. Fred has a system of hand signals. Oh my god, have you seen these assholes in this series? They, they cannot communicate no. well with the English language. It is a, it is, the real mystery is how they work together at all. Total cop-out to have the voiceover. Yeah, it's, I, I would have preferred if there was no voiceover. I'm still happy they made this attempt of a high concept concept, but not fully executed as it could be. So moving on from there to, I don't care. I, I would actually like to start with the Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans. Okay. Because I don't really have many notes for them at all in this episode. I wrote down that they were just kind of ambiently freaked out. Uh, I made a note that they grab a crystal at one point that looks like a bong. And they and then they're nudging each other and they're looking at the audience and they're like, you know what this is for. They weren't, Come on. They weren't doing that, but I was drawing my own lines. And yeah, they're, Shaggy freaks out over the silence. What is that? Can you hear that? It's silence. Where's it coming from? <laughs> All this going on through his head. He should have brought the bong down with him because he yeah. needs a fucking toke to calm down. <laughs> It's it's the gang that normally calm him with their soothing voices. He doesn't have Fred's rich baritone singing Old Man River <laughs> to soothe him. There is one scene where they are disguised to distract the villain. They mime out Scooby as a baby. With, with a, a, sh a shitty diaper. With a stinky diaper. It has to be changed and gets the monster to take the diaper out. And this was one of those actually silent scenes. One of the ones where there was no voiceover. And I was following what happened. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, like Wallace and Gromit and oh, shit. So good. Like... Yes. That is an excellent point. Because in my mind, I'm like, ah, could they really get away with a fully silent episode for kids? Hell yeah! They... Kids love Wallace and Gromit. Kids love Mr. Bean. Kids, kids love silence. <laughs> kids get talked to too much sometimes they just want to sit quietly I know it's been a while since I've been around a child I think that might be inaccurate information <laughs> but yeah overall not Shaggy and Scooby's story this week it's Velma's story very much so although not even really like the story is the crystals in the cave and then your B plot is Velma 
going crazy and your C plot is everyone just fucking talking inside their own heads. I will say, um, this episode actually sets up its premise rather well because Fred is just looking for everyone to be silent for a little bit at the beginning in the van. And he asks, can I just get five seconds of silence? To which Velma gives a detailed and informative reply. He says something along the lines of, I need five seconds of silence. What's the worst that could happen in that time if you give me five fucking seconds of silence? And he swears. Like, it's weird (laughs) to hear Fred say fucking in this episode, but he says it. (laughs) Because he's so fucking frustrated with these people. And Velma just dives right goes, in goes, goes. exactly what could go wrong if they're silent for five seconds. And uh, I enjoyed that as a gag. I can't lie. And it, it nicely set up, okay, now Fred's going to get what he wants, but at what cost? Silence is golden. And you know what? Fred Let, realizes that. You know what? <laughs> Let's just take a full ten minutes of silence. Let's do that for our listeners. They can meditate a little bit. And then I just figured you can cut it in there. Uh, (laughs) Wouldn't it be fucking funny if we put up a blank audio file for this episode? We can't talk, y'all. We're in the crystal caves. Yep. Um, Velma wants to study these crystals despite her mentor being like, we can't. It will disturb this very delicate ecosystem of mm-hmm. crystals. And she says, nah, science is more important because nothing is fucking sacred to Velma Dinkley. Yeah, what she says is a very specific quote. Beauty is science for people who are bad at math. Which is the cuntiest thing <laughs> that yeah. you can say. Life would be totally meaningless without art. Completely. I think we could do without math, you know. But art... We would all go fucking insane. She she has this thing where uh, there's only truth and science, no beauty. Mm-hmm. And then when she snaps because the crystals, like, awaken a human emotion in her. <laughs> yes. Now She's... it's no truth and science, only beauty. She is a woman of extremes. But I really like her having this, like, firm stance. Like, no, only science. Beauty doesn't exist. Uh, everything is objective. But then, like, like we get go- it. You're fucking self-conscious that Daphne's the pretty one. You don't have to go to these extremes. But I love. I think she needed sort of an awakening like this. She went down into these caverns and saw the crystals, and it it was like a holy experience for her of actually like really feeling a love of beauty for the first time. And she loses her mind because of it. Because she has the emotional intelligence of the primordial ooze that crawled out of the ocean. She becomes her own version of the crystal crawler. And, uh, fashion report, what she does for this is she takes off her shoes and socks, puts her shoes in the back of her turtleneck, and pulls it up like a hoodie, so those are ears, and she puts her socks on her hands. And so she is barefooted, Covered in mud and just like a, a little where the wild things are, girl. It's what she looks like here. Fashion, this is a, this is a top tier look in Velma's fashion report. You know, on the gone mad spectrum. It's better than Daphne's time slime outfit. Her time slime outfit was just that she got fat. No, I think she had tatters as well. 
the end of this episode ends with Velma agreeing with her mentor that these crystals are very precious. We can't open them to the public. We can't even open them to science. So I'm not entirely sure what the point of them is anymore. I disagree with it having to be closed to science. I feel like, like, okay, tours? Yes. Shut those tours down. That's a bad idea. There's a way to do tours, and it's in, like, an old-timey diving bell or some shit. Yeah, like, you really need the infrastructure for it. Not like what it is right now, which is... However, she's taken it, again, far too extreme. This, This beautiful crystal labyrinth that no one else on Earth now gets to experience because she's experienced it. So now she sees, yeah, we'll protect it from everyone else. Not for me, obviously. We're going down there. But, like... Yeah. Like, okay, you know who you need to send down? Like, some photographers? Some... Photography's not gonna capture it, though. (sighs) Billy, where the fuck do you stand on this? Because I don't think it's right to gatekeep nature's wonder. I think a lot of work should be done to make sure that people can go down there without harming the natural way of things. So you start with scientists, you start with maybe get some photographers to get, you know, you need pictures to get funding. That's funding is going to be a fucking nightmare for this. That's just an unfortunate reality. Like, hey, forget beauty and truth. Money is something that we need to worry about here. I just, I don't, I don't want to see the crystals harmed. And that's why the end of this episode is so painful for me. Velma slams the door to the shack that's above the crystal entrance and shatters presumably every last crystal in the co- in the cave. Yeah. Ruining that forever for everyone else. I also don't love how that scene is done. If it had been that she slams the door and you like see the crystal starting to shake a little bit and then you ended the episode there. Cool. I get it. I see exactly what you did. It's it's a fun gag. But instead, you just hear breaking, you hear breaking, you see collapsing of the building, you hear breaking. Everyone just stands there blinking at each other. You hear breaking. It's this, it's just so lazy. This show is so lazy in its gags. That one was real lazy. If you laugh at them, that's cool, but like, it's fucking lazy, y'all. I feel like, I feel like there are good gags in here, but that was not one. It was just the broadest sense of like, oh, look at, look at, ah, and it's like, okay, you're done. The joke is done. And if I'm saying that, the king of drawing out jokes for far longer than they need to go. Yeah, you're fucking telling me, buddy. My only consolation to all that is that environmental lawyers are going to be so far up Velma's ass for the rest of her life, and she deserves to suffer like that. (laughs) The Daphne Dilemma? Uh, yeah, sure, the fucking idiot thinks she's a psychic. Because crystals amplify your brainwaves or blah blah blah. She gets into crystals in a big way, and I I will say at least this is a a Daphne du jour that seems like it fits naturally in the episode. It's, It's not the same as just having a falcon or a mustache. But yeah, the fact that she believes crystals make you psychic, she keeps trying to talk telepathically to other members of the gang throughout the episode. Let me guess what you're thinking, Velma, in her own mind. Math! No, that was a cheat! I was hedging my bets! Ugh. The, the gag is finally paid off uh, 
when the when the criminal says, and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you, and Daphne comes in because she's had a vision that he's going to say, meddling kids. And he does point out, meddling is a very archaic word. Is it? Meddling. I would, I would, if, if someone was doing a, a small amount of mucking around in my business, I would still to this day call it, why are you meddling in my business? Okay, well, yeah, that sounds natural. Does, though, I mean, are we biased because we've done 400 episodes of a Scooby-Doo podcast? I don't know, Billy, am I biased because I know the English language and <laughs> definitions to certain words? That, that could be it. All right. <laughs> and I can use them how I like. And last but certainly not least, the Fred factor. This Fred, I want to say, has big dad energy. And he uses that big dad energy to hate all his friends. Really hammering home that none of these people should be together for any amount of time and that this is some sort of, like, purgatory they're trapped in and they're trying to atone for their sins. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of Freds have dad energy. But where, like, what's new Fred really encapsulated sort of, like, dad joke energy, this this is tired dad energy. This is, like, dad just wants a break. This is the dad energy. that's gonna, like, abandon you at the zoo if you whine one more time that you want a candy apple. How come dads are just allowed to do that? Like, you're out on doing some sort of family outing and the kids are whining and, like, dad's just allowed to get so pissed off that he walks off totally abandoning his wife and children wherever he so desires while he can go throw his fucking uh, penis-based hissy fit. The, the answer is a long-entrenched misogyny in our society. The short answer is y'all suck. That's it, too. You hear that, dads? I hope you're better than this stereotypical dad that we've invented. We haven't invented it. Society has invented it. Fred has previously taught the gang complicated hand signals in case they ever get into a silent situation as, as of this. Uh, but th they have never listened to him and they have no idea what he's talking about. Once again, hammering home that none of these people are friends. Fred just wants like five seconds of silence from their constant yammering and they, they don't even want to listen to him. So like hmm. they can't want to listen to each other and yet they all just keep fucking talking. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm actually surprised that, that you are against this characterization of Fred, because I would what, think... What, that he hates all of these people that he's forced to be around? Why would I like that? Well, uh, well what I was going to say is because you don't like everybody else, that you would think that, like, Fred's still being the same, the sane man amongst them, being like, oh my god, why are you all acting like this? I didn't say I disliked Fred for that. I dislike just the whole group dynamic. Why right. do I have to watch this? These four people and a dog that hate each other. They're all assholes <laughs> trying to atone for sins in purgatory. That's my <laughs> fucking headcanon. It's the headcanon that everyone had for Lost, and I'm putting it on it Be was, Cool and, right now. If you, if you, I'm going to talk to the people that still believe that about Lost, because it was very clear. I liked Fred's hand signals for It's the Crystal Crawler. Run. Yeah, you're not going to be able to transcribe those onto an audio format, so why would you even bother? I, I, I'm, well, I said them aloud. And so, and so you can watch the episode, and if you like those, I like them too. Yep, he gets on his hands and knees and sniffs a dog's ass, I think, at one point. And I, I don't... Is that what happens? 
He's sniffing for clues because I think what happens is that he can't communicate with Scooby that that's what he should do. But it also sort of seems like... So then why does he smell Scooby's ass? Well, because I think what happens is, <laughs> since he doesn't have sound to rely on, Fred's other senses become heightened. And so now he can sniff for clues just as Scooby once did. I did like elevator back up after they were in the, the silent realm. Uh, we, he realizes he can't solve it on his own because it takes sort of talking out the mystery with everybody to get everything together. And they say, Fred, you're a genius. And he says, not without you guys, I'm not. So that's, that's energy that I can get behind. Shown to, like, not exist in a universe where they grow as characters and, like, now he's learned that lesson and he'll implement it in the next one. Just, like, how them listening to him was the lesson in the last episode and no one <laughs> listened to him here. That's true, actually, isn't I'm, it? This I'm, is not a good follow-up to last week's episode. Oh, fuck. Like, if the art style didn't scream Family Guy, this whole character's never learning their lesson sure as fuck does. And everyone being super selfish. That's the other problem of putting everyone in their own heads, is that we get an episode where everyone's heads are up their own asses. Minor mentions. There are two grad students. Yeah, uh, remind me a lot of the security guards in the last episode. Exactly what I wrote. There is Darren, a named man, and then an unnamed woman working with that man. The unnamed woman hates Darren in a way that's completely identical to how the female security guard hated the male security guard in just the last episode. Because Darren is annoying, terrible, doing shit he shouldn't. Why is this universe populated with nonstop dude bros? Like, I can't with these guys. That's... I would murder Darren in the Crystal Caves. That is what I would do you in would, real life. You would wait. Here's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to postulate good murder down there because if i this is the this is what i want the the real mystery ink to come and solve this murder i know they normally don't do murders but they can do this one you get darren under a specific crystal right a nice sharp one that is working as a stalactite from the top then you get like a megaphone so your voice is directional and then you go and <laughs> send that out just to that one stalactite, so it loosens, falls, and splits them down the middle. Can I, can I hear that word one more time that you... Yeah. Oh, absolutely you can. Cuckoo! <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. See, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's also part of the plan. It's plausible deniability. What's this? A bird got down into the caverns? Suspicious. Maybe... It was old man Stottlemyre, the birdhouse keeper. Or maybe I'd just like slit his throat with a knife. Who knows? Amelia, they're gonna, they're, Mr. Incorporated will find that out in a second. <laughs> yeah, that is what, throat's been what slit. Do, what are they gonna do no, from no, no, that no. point on? Here's what, here's what you do that they don't normally do in this episode at, or other episodes. What you do is you do this complicated plan. And while they're investigating the mystery... Slit their throats. No, just get the fuck out of town. They have no ability... They can't say, don't leave town or we'll put a warrant out on you. No, you just get out of there. You just get right on out. Colson McCready. Uh, <laughs> he's the one who owns this land. He just... I think 
He discovered the caverns while he was spelunking and has now opened a tour business. This is America. The land of, if you own land, no one else can do anything with that land. Yes. Or you're allowed to shoot them in the face. Yeah. Why are these scientists here in the first place? If they were like, we need to study the caves, he could have just been like, no. I think there are, you can get some sort of science-based warrant. That when seems ev- Like an injunction. I, I'm not a Americans lawyer. I'm just putting out words I've heard. don't care about science? But there's, anth- like, anthropology. If there... If there are, like, fossils discovered somewhere, I really think you can put an injunction to stop them from building. That's what happened in Super Mario Bros. the movie, because they were trying to build that building, and they discovered bones. And so then, they were like, all those fucking archaeologists flooded it, and that's what put Daisy and the Mario Brothers in the sewers and pushed them into the dinosaur realm, where a bunch of crazy stuff happened. I know information based on Super Mario Brothers the movie won't hold up in the court of opinion, but I think there is legal precedent for what we're talking about here. Yes, and I think it really only comes into play in Europe. Egypt, like places where if you dig for a few feet, you're going to find an ancient artifact. No one cares about that shit in America. 50 years old in America is considered old. Like that is their old, whatever, tear it down. Something fit a building 50 years old in America was built in the 70s. Do you think anyone's trying to save buildings that were built in the 70s? No, because no one gives a shit. It's America. We don't believe in science. Get off my land. Realistically, you are probably right for what would happen. Is that the landowner would be like, no, it's mine. I sue you back. Yeah. This guy looks definitely litigious. Dr. Lang, who is Velma's mentor, is here. She's very soft-spoken. She is. You think she's not going to get torn apart by a good lawyer? (laughs) I I really liked how soft-spoken Dr. Lang was. It was perfect for her being, like, the the steward of these crystal caves. I did note she also wears an orange turtleneck. So this is maybe where Velma gets a lot of mentorship from. The villain. Crystal Crawler. The Crystal Crawler... Looks like a tall goblin. I would go for bat creature, but yeah, sure. I think goblins are very bat-like, so I think we're we're both in the realm here. Yeah, but why you gotta take it to dork fantasy land uh, instead of horror land? Because he looked dorky fantasy boy. He had a loincloth. <laughs> uh, he 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 he's lives in the shadows, crawling around the crystals. What's lighting these caves? That's another question. When I when I said bring a photographer down, that was actually the first thing I thought of. Like, fuck, where's the light coming from? There's absolutely no lights hanging on the walls down here. Are some of the crystals bioluminescent? Because even then, we should be getting some super cool lighting in this episode. That is definitely a fault, is that if we're going to be in a crystal lit cave, give me some crystal lighting. You know what we should have done is watch this episode on mute. See, and I know we do that now while we're recording, but I'm just watching one of the scenes where they're trying to hand signal to each other, and it reads completely differently. We're talking about the Crystal Crawler. Yes. Uh, let's 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 talk about him. A, a humanoid bat creature. It's Coulson. Coulson McCready. He wants to open up his tours again. He wants to stop the scientists and continue on with his capitalism. Now, in terms of villain feasibility, they do mention in episode that he is an experienced climber and would know how to get himself around in these caves. He has access. 
How is them slapping their big fucking clown feet over these crystals as they make their, like, chase song runaway gag not any worse than talking down here? They drop a huge thing of rocks at one point. They do. I made a big note about that. This sound of the rocks hitting the ground does nothing but someone quietly whispering they're beautiful is going to set off the whole fucking cave. This guy is going to destroy his whole livelihood just being down here crawling on the crystals. He's stupid. Yeah. Well, he's going to destroy too. His tours, like, honestly, like, good on you for soundproofing the elevator. If that was you, good on you. But then, literally, the only thing protecting the crystals from the tour guests is a velvet rope. And maybe not, that just might be a regular rope. And that rope is only in the opening bit of the cave. I mean, was Mystery Inc. supposed to go this deep? I don't, I mean, I I don't think so. But maybe. Like, how how were these tours run? When they were being run, like, was there the guide that, like, made very sure of where you were going in the cave? Was there, like, did you put a helmet on everybody so they couldn't talk? So, feasibility, I'm gonna say, like, no, because this cave wouldn't exist Well, that's feasibility. feasibility. That's feasibility of the cave, not of the villain. And the cave and the villain go hand in hand. Okay. I, I, I'm I going to officially disagree. I do think it is feasible villainy. But the big question is, is it scary? Cave creepy crawlies do usually give me the heebie-jeebies. But this thing's understanding of modesty by wearing a loincloth <laughs> yeah. takes it down to like a three-ish. And that's only because it's making me think of a Lovecraft story. And I'm into that. One of Lovecraft's earliest was called, like, The Tomb or something, and it was about a monster living in the caves that they thought was a monster, but it was just a dude that had never seen sunlight. You actually make an excellent point that this is supposed to be, like, a deep cave system, and there are things that are so much creepier in deep caves than bats. Like, I I just, any, like, little, like, blind rodents or, like, a millipede could come up for them. Something that feels like it really came from the center of the earth. This felt like a monster. Like, it's like a, and not even like a big scary monster. Like, I'd fight this thing three times in D&D. This is, he's normal. So I'm, I'm gonna give a four out of ten to this crystal crawler for just just being an an average cave dweller in my mind where are any kind of animals because like the entrance for humans is an elevator straight down like something like 250 feet but wouldn't this cave need an opening elsewhere colson said he got in at one point like colson had to discover this he didn't, yeah, it's not he like he... didn't just put in an elevator hoping there would be something down here. It's not like he just stumbled upon some eroded ground and survived a 250-foot yeah. fall into a crystal cave. Get his arm crushed between two crystals, and he's like, oh, great, now I gotta wait 127 hours. There would be, there would be creatures in here. There would be bats and bugs. A lot of this would probably be flooded. Yeah. All to fuck. Oh, for sure, there should be a lot more water. I think it's a lot scarier if a cave system is partially flooded and now, oh shit, you've got to go into that water and you don't know what's in it or how deep it is or 
Mm-hmm. If there's an opening in it, or... And that's, like, one of the scariest things about going into caves, is that, like, like where you have to, like, squeeze between something, or, like... Like, if you actually watch videos of people exploring caves, it's fucking harrowing. Because it is dark, and it is tiny crevasses. And there are bugs. So, this is a very clean, safe cave by comparison. Yes. Someone's probably polished all those crystals. That's why Coulson is mad. He very quietly polished all of these crystals so that they would look nice for his tour. He swept. Because he can't use a vacuum because it's too loud. Do you have any other thoughts or feelings on this episode? No, I don't. I wrote down that the crystals reflect their faces in a funny way. Early on, we got a lot of funny faces in the crystals, like we're looking through funhouse mirrors. Fun little animated gag. And also, I do believe that it should have been a totally silent chase sequence. If they weren't going to do silence for the main part of the episode... Give me a silent chase sequence where we just get the sound effects of their running and breathing. <laughs> that would have been hilarious to me, but regular song, regular run. Then I'll give it my regular rating of... Is there something between a Scooby Maybe and a Scooby Don't that I can say? Because, like, I'm never gonna like any of these stupid fucking episodes. That's probably a guarantee. But other people like it, well, so we... I can't flat out just be like... It's racist or something, you know, yeah. that gives it it's a flat scooby don't. Well, what have we said before? You could say it's a light scooby don't, or like, if you're leaning more towards the middle, maybe like a downturned scooby maybe? It's we a, haven't really given modifiers to the maybe before. It's a, if you already like Be Cool, then you'll watch it. If you have reservations about Be Cool, then you won't. I really liked the premise of having to be silent down in these caves. So that was moving me towards the dew. And I actually got a kick out of Feral Velma. That would just be a personal thing. But you're kind of right about the cynicism grading on me a bit. Like how the gang really don't get along in there. Their heads are up all their asses. The mechanics of the episodes don't center on anything. I mean, you introduce a totally silent cave and then you still have the voice actors all talking constantly, mm-hmm. nonstop. There's not a moment of silence after Fred begged for silence. He did. So I I will pro- I'm probably just going to like even out at the average of a Scooby maybe here, which I think you need to judge for yourself. You know, did this premise live up to its potential? Like, I think you should experience this episode for the premise. Because there is some, there's something here. But, ooh, that... You just, just pause it at the end of the episode when that crystal glows. Because you, you, that's just, like, one neat editing trick. And that episode, I think, would have improved as well. Because it breaks my heart to know that none of this matters and that all the crystals are destroyed. This beautiful cave that changed Velma's heart is destroyed at the end. That hurts. I don't think it did change your heart. I don't think you can just have emotional epiphanies like media leads you to believe. I think she's well past the point of ever having empathy or anything for anybody. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? Let's see whether this was a lasting impact on her life or just some fleeting fun. Coming up next is Party Like It's 1899. Well, I certainly... 
intend to. And if you'd You're like, gonna catch cholera. If I'm gonna, that's what I assume everyone was doing back then. Hey, look, it's if of all the deadly diseases going around, if I catch cholera, I'll consider myself lucky. Maybe not. How bad's cholera? Have uh, we cured it? It's cholera is a water-based disease, okay. and you shit yourself to death. I don't want that. Yeah, I'm not gonna get <laughs> cholera. Listeners, do you have cholera? Do you want to talk about it? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia, and we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. You want people to talk about themselves shitting themselves you know what? on your Twitter feed? If you do have cholera, I bet it is a very lonely experience, so feel free to reach out to me. Anyways. Yeah, listeners, I hope you enjoyed our medical podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about, um, heads. And on that note, that's it from Scooby Doo Us. <laughs> Scooby Doo You. Back to talk about heads. It's a, it's a, it's a, like ninety percent of the body. Not physically, but like there's a lot up there. I would have preferred if you had just made a Talking Heads joke, like if you just started singing a Talking Heads song. You're not getting the chance now, so get that dawning realization. Oh my god! <laughs>